Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Coming up, we'll talk some basketball, talking about Butler, also talking about the Colts and their matchup tomorrow with Atlanta. Right now, though, he's the star of our show, the Secretary of Scores. It's Network Indiana's Brendan King. Coach, you are the best and the best just walked into the studio. Eddie Garrison is here. Eddie, come here, actually, for a second. Magic beat the Pacers 117-110. What happened today, Eddie? He shrugged his shoulders. Pacers have lost five of six. Indiana is 14-14 and now on the campaign, back to 500. Magic are 17-11, and actually the second time this season that Orlando has beaten Indiana, the last on November 19th, 128 to 116. Paolo Bancaro was really good. 34 points, the number one overall pick in 2022. Arguably won the game for the Magic. He was outstanding. Tyrese Halliburton, 29 points and 14 assists on a double-double effort. Let's talk some NFL football. First for what's going on tonight because it does have to do with the Indianapolis Colts. Three of the four teams that played today in the National Football League were behind the Colts in the standings, one of them ahead of Indianapolis. Those were the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, the Bengals got blown out today by the Steelers, 34-11. to Both the Steelers and the Bengals are now 8-7 and in a jumbled AFC North. Ravens are 11-3. They'll play on Monday Night Football against San Francisco. The Browns are 9-5 in Joe Flacco's renaissance. And again, Pittsburgh, who looked dead in the water last week in Indianapolis. Mason Rudolph, their third-string QB, goes in, beats the Bengals today. And the Steelers are very much alive. Now, on the other side, the Bills did take care of the Chargers, 24-22. But L.A., with an interim head coach, Brandon Staley, fired. They made it a game against Buffalo. Now, the Bills do win, and then that brings in the Colts. The AFC wildcard picture, Colts and the Falcons, tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Christmas Eve football. And if you're a Colts fan, not a very good day when it comes to news drops. First of all, Zach Moss, who was questionable heading into the game with a forearm issue, he was downgraded to being out. Now, there's a positive swing to that. Jonathan Taylor expected to be back in the Colts' backfield thumb surgery. He has not played since November 26th against Tampa Bay. That was on Thanksgiving, so kind of rhyme or reason. Last played on Thanksgiving, comes back on Christmas Eve. Michael Pittman, though, flew to Atlanta. Remember, he was in the concussion protocol, knocked out of the game last week against Pittsburgh. He did clear protocol, but after landing in Atlanta, he experienced more concussion-like symptoms. He is back in said protocol and will not play tomorrow against the Falcons. So, no Zach Moss, no Michael Pittman on the offensive side. And again, Indianapolis is going to be without their right tackle, Braden Smith. He'll miss a seventh game in the last ten weeks. So, the Colts, with that 8-6 and six record, will see what they can do against Taylor Heineke and the Falcons. Atlanta starting Heineke. They benched former Cincinnati QB Desmond Ritter. Heineke last year, as a member of the Commanders, beat the Indianapolis Colts. 
high school basketball to discuss. We have talked a lot tonight about the Kokomo tournament. Kokomo with two wins today, one of them blowing out South Bend Riley 81-54, the other taking care of Jeffersonville 64 64- 257. South Bend Riley did execute a win, though, over Mount Vernon Fordville, 49-48. Warren Central defeated Mishawaka 61-50. It was Plainfield topping New Haven. That was a final of 67-51. And Jeffersonville also got a W on the day over Mount Vernon Fordville, 58 Also, the Grant Four Tournament, Mississinawa, two wins on the day. One of them over Eastbrook by a penny, 50-49. The other by 10 over Oak Hill, 69-59. Oak Hill did get a win against Madison Grant, 65-46. Then Madison Grant did fall again to Eastbrook, 57-52. College basketball, tough one for the Butler Bulldogs, falling in overtime to Providence, 85-75. 85-75. Dogs had a lead towards the end of the second half. Providence made a three. They outscored the Dogs 16-6. NOT. DePaul also in action. They lost to East Texas Baptist 76-72. I'm Brendan King. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Brendan King, well done, brother. What is going on? In the world of sports, tough day for you, Butler grad that you are. I'm also, a, I have a master's degree from Butler, so they like to think of me as a graduate. Butler losing at Providence 85-75. This was a, uh, a difficult day for the dogs. Had travel difficulties, plane difficulties, uh, up three, uh, late. Um, Providence with the ball. Dogs do not foul. Providence hits a tie uh, ties the game with a three, and then lose in overtime. That's the quick version. How did I do? I think you did pretty good. But yeah, I consider you an alum. You have a piece of paper with your name on it. So that, <laughs> yes, that I do. Uh, I do. I do. Uh, yeah, and a um, uh, uh, serious dent in the bank account too. So <laughs> it was. But I will tell you, in retrospect, getting my master's degree when I did. Uh, opened up more doors than you can begin to imagine. I, I, I would not, uh, I would not have had the opportunity to do most of the things I've done in my adult life without that diploma, because it allowed me to get hired at Franklin College, and then from there things things kind of took off. So, so tell me about the dogs. It's one of those heartbreakers. There's a lot of basketball to play. You just hope there aren't some uh, residual effects from the, the difficulty that they had today. Yeah, I don't think there will be necessarily. I mean, there's only so much that one can digest from watching a game on right. television. I do. One of my better friends in the industry is a Providence alum, and he was there, which I did not realize. Providence changed the name of their arena. It went from the greatest arena name ever, the Dunkin' Donuts Center, to Amica Mutual Pavilion. I like the Dunkin' Donuts Center better, regardless. So do I. Yeah. Right. Uh, they changed the name for whatever reason, probably financial. Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those games where, as you said, I think I read, if the report is correct, but had to catch a 4 a.m. flight uh, out to Rhode Island, which is, you know, it's not an easy flight by any means. I mean, that's, no. a, that's a longer no. flight than people think um, out to right. New England. Um, and, and a lot of times, you know, for Butler, they probably flew just straight there, but you can't catch a direct flight to Providence, Rhode Island from Indianapolis. So that's clearly a special flight for Butler, and it had to be done at 4 a.m., right? But, yeah, I mean, the fact that you fall behind double digits early, uh, Providence mm-hmm. had it working from the three early. I mean, uh, I think it's DJ Gaines, if I'm not mistaken, is, or Devontae Gaines. Um, 
you know, he made five three-pointers. Um, and, you know, Butler was able to get back in the game, right? I mean, and it came down to what we were talking about before the show, the philosophy of fouling up three. <laughs> and right. I, I know right. those have their opinions, Coach. But, you know, for Butler, uh, it's been twice this season that not fouling up three has led to an overtime period. It happened against Cal. Now, the dogs were lucky enough to win that game at a Hinkle Fieldhouse. But this time it right. sort of come to, comes back to bite them. Well, in you know, in in reading some of the reports too, the conversation that that Thad had is he wasn't sure that his kids, he wanted them to foul, but wasn't sure that everybody understood that. And so, yeah, this this whole discussion of do you foul with up three or not, you and I talked about it at length before we went on the air. Um, I mean, statistically, uh, the, the stats tell you that you should. Um, but it's a, a philosophy, it's a coaching, an individual philosophy of the coaches whether or not to do it. And so, um, look, it came back to get them. And, uh, but they're playing well. Listen, I, I think uh, they are, I think they're going to have a big year, frankly. Uh, I just, I see them doing good things. Who's up next for them in Big East play? Well, they started with Georgetown. Providence was today, obviously, and. Rick Pitino in New York City. They go to St. John's on January the 2nd. <laughs> and th- this is the beauty or the curse, Coach, I guess, of the Big East. Their next three games at St. John's, and the Johnnies lost tonight to UConn, by the way. The defending right. champ, UConn Huskies, come into Hinkle Fieldhouse on January 5th. And then five days later, the Dogs go to Wisconsin to take on Marquette. That is the Big East for you right there. Whew. Yikes. That's a, Let me tell you what, that is a tough that's a tough three-game stretch. Oh, you know, man, oh man, um, that's just that. You're right. That's part of being in the Big East. All right, Brendan King, we got a minute here. We're going to talk Colts in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. What's game time tomorrow? Uh, One o'clock, Christmas Eve special. Unbelievable. You and Brad and I are going to talk about. We're going to we're going to let you do more work. Uh, while we sit back, and then the three of us are going to talk about the Colts in Atlanta when we come back after your scoreboard updates. Does that sound like something you'd like to do? Let's do it. All right. We're going to cue some music. We're going to send it to you. Scoreboard update coming up with Mr. Brendan King, and then Brendan and Brad and I will come back and talk about the Colts in Atlanta. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. Let's take a look at the Delphi Classic High School basketball scores from today. Rossville edged Pioneer 56-52. Same can be said about Winamax win over Delphi. That's a 48-42 final. More wide margin for Taylor as they defeat North Montgomery 47-34 and Frankfurt blew out North Newton 67-49. Elsewhere, it was Avon defeating Northeastern 54-43. South Bend St. Joseph, they topped St. Pius X out of Missouri 86-65. Wapahani had no problem with Jay County. They blow them out 59-24. Whitney Young out of Chicago, they beat Gary West 74-65. Let's look at the North Davies tournament. Overtime was required between Paoli and Forest Park. Paoli comes out with the 54-49 W. South Knox 54, Lagodi 39. It was Scottsburg all over North Davies, 49-31. And Evansville Christian by a penny over Brownstown Central, 58-57. 
Let's check in on some college basketball, excuse me, college football today. Still getting used to saying that. There were a couple of bowl games today. Northwestern defeated Utah 14-7 in the Las Vegas Bowl. Again, this one not as close. South Alabama 59, Eastern Michigan 10. That was the 68 Ventures Bowl. And the Hawaii Bowl is now underway. Coastal Carolina out to a 7-0 lead on San Jose State. Start of the second quarter there. ECHL hockey, the Kalamazoo Wings beat the Indy Fuel 4-3. And the Fort Wayne Comets got a win over the Iowa Heartlanders 4-1. I'm Brendan King. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Bottom of the hour, we're going to talk with Rob Blackman from the Purdue Radio Network, talking about the Boilermakers, their impressive win on Thursday, and kind of recap where we are with the Boilers, ranked number one. Coming up tomorrow, NFL fans, it's Sunday, maybe Christmas Eve, but it's Sunday, and nothing interferes with football in our country. Colts taking on Atlanta. Brendan King, Brad Huber join me to talk about this game. Brendan King, injury report. I heard you earlier. Jonathan Taylor is expected back. Is that correct? That's right. Expected to play. Has not played since November 26th, coming off thumb surgery. And again, that last game, Thanksgiving weekend, and back just in time for Christmas. Michael Pittman, this doesn't sound good. It does not, and you know it's concerning not just for this week, but also possibly long right. term. Um, you know, concussions are a weird thing, Coach. I've had one in my life before, where of course Pittman knocked out of the game last week. The guy that hurt right. him, Casey from Pittsburgh, banned for the rest of the season, probably rightfully so. Uh, but you know, Pittman he clears concussion protocol. All things are good. Gets off the plane today or uh, yesterday. That was an ATL and. Uh, those concussion symptoms pop back up, and he'll be held out for the game. So, again, that's not just mm. concerning for tomorrow. It's concerning for the rest of the year because concussions are weird right. where they can linger. All right, Brad, what about Atlanta? They're, they're, they're not a great team by any stretch, are they? No, no, they're not, uh, Coach. And uh, it's a game that the Colts should win. Down in Atlanta, they are 6-8. and eight. They are not eliminated, still alive in the playoff race because that division mm. is so mm-hmm. terrible. Tampa Bay Buccaneers lead that division at 7-7, seven and seven, then the Saints at 7-8, and eight, and the Falcons right there at 6-8. and eight. So their hope of making the playoffs is winning the division. So a big game for them in that department, but uh, certainly a game that the Colts uh, probably should go down and be expected to go and get a win tomorrow down in Atlanta. So, Brendan, what what are the scenarios for the playoffs relative to the Colts? Well, there's still some work to be done. There's not any, uh, if this team wins, this team's in just yet. That'll, right. that'll happen over the next couple weeks. But it can be said, Coach, based off of what happened today in the NFL, again, mentioned it earlier in a scoreboard update, the Steelers, out of nowhere, blasted the Bengals today 34-11. Uh, yeah. So that means right. both Pittsburgh and Cincinnati are 8-7. and seven. And their division, the AFC North, everybody's above 500. The Ravens are mm. 11 and three. The Browns are nine and five. And now mm-hmm. both Pittsburgh and Cincinnati is eight and seven. But here's kind of where the wrench is thrown in from the Colts' perspective. Uh, the Colts lost two weeks ago in pretty embarrassing fashion to Cincinnati, uh, and they beat the Steelers last week. And now the Steelers mm. just handled the Bengals. So really, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh is suddenly back alive. 
And at the start of the day, the four teams involved today, the Bills just beat the Chargers 24-22. All of Pittsburgh, Buffalo, and L.A. were behind the Colts at the start of the day. The only team in front of them was Cincinnati. So Cincinnati loses, and now the Colts do have a window to get back even with the Bengals. So that makes tomorrow quite important. So, Brad, it's pretty simple to say, and as much as this is a cliched statement, uh, I hate cliches, but toss it out there anyway because I'm in, I'm in the sports business and that's all sports are, cliches. Uh, you can control your own destiny. You know, you just you have to win. Clearly easier said than done. Uh, winning takes care of a multitude of problems. Yeah, no question, and the Colts are in position to control their own destiny as far as the playoffs are concerned. There's an interesting stat here on NFL.com that has the playoff probabilities. Currently, the Colts sit at 58% to make the playoffs, but tomorrow looks like it weighs a 27% uh, window here. If they win, it goes up to 74%. If they lose, they go to 47% to make the playoffs. So tomorrow, a big game. And, you know, who knows? They could be leading the division before tomorrow is out as Jacksonville's got a tough game as well. And they've struggled. Trevor Lawrence is cleared to play, but like Michael Bittman, has been dealing with a concussion. So uh, this AFC South race is up in the air here with three weeks to go. You know, it it doesn't help that the Jaguars swept the Colts, but uh, they have struggled here of late as well i was an english major but i can do the math (laughs) it sounds to me like you really 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 need to win tomorrow oh yeah absolutely and you know it is an nfc opponent so it's not as big but every game at this point is big don't get me wrong but you have two big games coming up to finish the season against afc opponents at home against the raiders and the texans to close out the season so if you win those two against the AFC opponents, uh, you'll be in great shape. But really, just go out and win all three, and that'll take care of all your problems there for you. Well, yeah. Brendan, you think back before the season, I think everyone was uh, saying, hey, you know, they, they be, they, a good year would be uh, to break even. A good year would be you know, to be around the 500 mark. And now they've, they've, they've I think, exceeded expectations in a, a great number of ways, but they're still on the cusp. Uh, they got to they got to continue to play at the level they're playing, if not better. Well, I think they've exceeded expectations. I think there's no question about that. When you look at Anthony Richardson being hurt, you know that of course is a blow in itself. But Jonathan Taylor has been out for the last month, and you know Zach Moss right. last week he scored a touchdown right. against Pittsburgh, coach, but he got knocked out of the game with that forearm issue. Uh, so it was. The third and fourth string running backs, Trey Sermon and Tyler Goodson, carrying you to a win last week. And either one of those two is going to be the backup tomorrow. And, Coach, there's no guarantee that Jonathan Taylor is just going to be back to 100%. He's coming off that thumb surgery. And keep in mind, it is his right hand, and Mm. your right thumb is pivotal to gripping Mm -hmm. the football when you're a running back. So there's no guarantee, Coach, that he's going to just come back tomorrow and shine. Now, you hope he does. But really, I've, I'm really looking out for the first couple carries tomorrow, Coach. If JT looks like he's comfortable, you can, you can wash that any sort of controversy to the wayside. But if if there's any sort of fumble or loose ball or anything like that, right. uh, there's some concern. Right. There's some concern. Well, that's why they play him, fellas. <laughs> that's, that is why we have to wait until 1 o'clock tomorrow to figure out what's going on. 
I'm assuming both of you have wrapped up all your Christmas shopping and that you are able to now focus on the task at hand tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, we're good to go. Uh, I have an early morning drive to Chicago tomorrow. Now, here, Coach, I think I might be named Cousin of the Year tomorrow, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you why. Right. I am stopping by the legendary Long's Donuts and bringing some donuts back for the family <laughs> Christmas party. Cousin <laughs> of the Year. Mark it down. <laughs> I tell you what, if they haven't had Long's Donuts, no, most of uh, them you haven't. will be. Most of them have not. You, then you were definitely in Cousin of the Year. I would tell you what, when I was was coaching at IUPUI, um, we, because of facility issues, we, we seldom were able to practice uh, in the gym. Um, we had to share the gym with the volleyball team and the women's basketball team. And so... Uh, we practiced literally. We practiced almost every Sunday, and every Saturday and Sunday, especially Sunday, Saturday and Sunday morning. Um, a number of my uh, uh, players' parents weren't happy with me. Uh, I understand that um, with the Sunday morning practices. But uh, what I would always do on those Sunday morning practices is I would leave Franklin a little bit earlier, swing by Longs, uh, and grab grab about three dozen, four dozen donuts, <laughs> take him down, take him down into the uh, training room uh, and put him on, on a, what's called a hydroculator. I'd warm them up so they'd stay warm <laughs> throughout practice. Yeah. No, no, no. They'd stay warm throughout practice, and I'd bring in like two or three gallons of orange juice. And when practice was over, uh, everybody you know, everybody was tearing into the long donuts. And, and it got to a point where my guys – uh, said, hey, we're good with Sunday practice because as long as you keep bringing the donuts, <laughs> we're good to practice. And that, so, that's uh, coach of the year at that point. Oh, uh, you know what? I I thought I was a little bit smarter than everybody else anyway. So, <laughs> uh, I have, you you mentioned it. I have great memories of that. And uh, I would occasionally I would leave campus from time to time and go grab lunch, swing by Longs and grab a dozen and take them home uh, and delight my wife and daughter. So <laughs> great memories from Longs Donuts. Coming up after Brendan King's scoreboard update, Rob Blackman from the Purdue Radio Network will join us. We'll talk about Boilers basketball on Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. Last round of scores of the night before at 11.45. We tell you what's coming up on your sports Christmas Eve Sunday. We'll begin with the Pacers losing tonight to the Magic. 117-110 was the final. Indiana outscored in the first quarter 36-27. Orlando played a heck of a first quarter and the only quarter that Indiana outscored Orlando was the third. Magic played well two in the fourth. Tyrese Halliburton with a 29 point and 14 assists double-double, but that was outshined by Paolo Bancaro's 34 points. Bancaro, the number one overall pick in 2022 out of Duke, also added seven rebounds on the day. College basketball, Butler lost to Providence in overtime, 85-75. Dogs were up late. Providence hit a 3-4 to force OT, and then the Friars outscored the Dogs 16-6 in the overtime period. 22 points for D.J. Davis. DePaul fell to East Texas Baptist today, 76-72, and in a key Big East game, number 5 UConn outlasted Rick Pitino's St. John's Red Storm, 69 69- 265. UConn heads to Ankle Fieldhouse now on January the 5th. 
College football bowl games. Northwestern gets the win. That was in the, uh, let's see, Las Vegas Bowl. As the Northwestern Wildcats with that bowl win. I lost my place on the ESPN website. There we go. 31-21. It was Coastal Carolina. They're on top of San Jose State. 7 to nothing. 640 left in the second quarter. That is the Hawaii Bowl. I'm Brendan King. Bob Lovell, this is Indiana Sports Talk. Purdue keeps rolling along Thursday, Jacksonville, hitting the century mark in this uh, very impressive win. With me to talk about it, the voice of the Purdue Boilermakers, Rob Blackman. Rob, uh, business as usual, so to speak, for the Boilers in a non-conference matchup against Jacksonville earlier in the week. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that's one of those games, and, Bob, you've been around the game long enough to know that's always the one game that worries the coaching staff the most is that game right before Christmas. Yeah. Because uh, you're always worried about having one foot out the door as far as the players go. And uh, and then you couple that with the fact you just come off a win against the number one team in the country. Uh, right. So, you know, right. They could – that could have set up really, really badly for Purdue on, on a couple of levels. But, yeah, they, they took care of business. And that was, you know, a sign of a team with a lot of veteran players, uh, I think, is what you found out there. Guys that have been, you know, have been been there, done that, and they understand how to take care of business before you hit off for that Christmas break. So, yeah, I, I can tell you, though, there were even in our pregame interview with Coach Painter, there was uh, – there was some concern about was there going to be a letdown after beating number one Arizona, and was there going to be a lack of focus right. because Christmas right. Christmas break was coming up. So, but uh, no, um, obviously both of those uh, concerns were were non issues, and Purdue took care of business. You know, you talked about three factors that from a, from a coaching standpoint uh, drove me nuts. Now, I, I never coached a team was ranked number one, so. I, that notwithstanding, but I, I coached 20-plus teams that came out of uh, finals uh, and 20 that were going, you know you know what I'm saying? I've done this more than once, and I dreaded each and every one of them, no matter who we were playing, teams we should have beaten, teams we had no business scheduling that was stupid on my part. Uh, it, it's a it, However you discuss the game, Matt's right. you got all these things that factor into it. And to their credit, as you point out, veteran leadership, these guys understand what's going on. There's unfinished business. And I know it's a, a Jacksonville team. I got all that. But in many respects, that's an impressive win. Yeah, and uh, I would also say the fact that Purdue just continues to hum right along offensively. You know, 100 points in that game uh, against Jacksonville. Uh, earlier in the week and then think about this the last two games leading up to that uh, Jacksonville game uh, 92 points against Alabama uh, and 92 points against Arizona so right. with the last last three games has gone 92 points or more against three pretty good competition so uh, I think that's where uh, where Purdue has really taken a major step forward even Matt Painter would tell you that uh, and I know look you're only 12 games into the season but if you look at really the last five games, right. last six, last six games, Purdue's gone for 87 points or more in the last six games, and it's not like they're playing a bunch of bad teams here. They've been playing very good teams, quite frankly, yet are still finding a way to really get it revved up offensively. So uh, still some work to do on the defensive end, but one thing that's been consistent here, and you saw it against Jacksonville, 
is Purdue has been very, very efficient offensively. Uh, and if they can continue to do what they're doing right now, scoring at the pace they're scoring at, they, they might be number one for a while because they're going to be awfully tough to beat if they can keep scoring like this. Well, I mean, they're shooting it better from the perimeter. That's number one. Yes. And and number two, you know, they're I think they're you know they're look everybody knows the game plan: throw post, kick out, relocate, knock down three if you can, or put it on the deck and go to the rim. Those kinds of things. That's coach talk for you, but that's kind of what it is. And when your perimeter guys like the lawyer and, and Braden Smith and others are starting to elevate their game, if you will, you see it better than I do. Yeah, you're going to score more points, and then defensively. Yeah, you know, Matt's hard to please on the defensive end. I, I understand that, and, and um, I, I don't blame him for that. But if they play like they're capable of playing, you got a lot of uh, fast-break opportunities with this group. Yeah, the other thing, too, Bob, that I think gets lost in all of this is Purdue is so good offensive rebounding, uh, and, and, and that goes hand-in-hand hand with turnovers. Uh, Purdue has really started to cut back on the turnovers. Had only nine turnovers against Jacksonville. Uh, on Thursday night. And as Matt Painter has often said, look, for Purdue, they're so good at offensive rebounding that, quite frankly, the the best shot for Purdue is Mm -hmm. any shot. Any shot. It doesn't matter. Just get a shot up on the rim. (laughs) Right, Uh, right. Because you have have a 50% chance, the statistics would tell you, with this team, you have a 50% chance of getting the offensive rebound anyway. So for every two shots you miss, you're going to get one of them (laughs) right back. Uh, so what? What? So what? And then, as Matt loves to say, what's the only bad shot? The only bad shot is no shot uh, for this team. So if you turn the ball over, obviously that, that's the equivalent of no shot. So when Purdue keeps that turnover number down, and again, just gets the ball up on the rim, even mm-hmm. if it, even if by definition it's a bad shot, who cares? You have a fifty percent chance of getting the offensive rebound anyway. So what would it matter if it's a bad right. shot or not? Uh, so that's also what that's really uh, helped Purdue. In both the Arizona game and the and the Jacksonville game, the last two games, they've done a better job of taking care of the ball. Turnovers come down, which means you get more opportunities at shooting the ball. And again, as we've talked about, any any shot for Purdue is a good shot because you have a 50-50 chance of getting the offensive rebound anyway. Rob Blackman with us, the voice of the Purdue Boilermakers. Boilers beat Jacksonville 100 to 57 on Thursday. Nice night for Lance Jones and uh, for Trey Kaufman, Wren, uh, Miles Colvin. These guys, you know what? It's great to see the young guys get minutes and be productive with the minutes that they receive. Yeah, I think uh, the three guys you mentioned uh, all certainly played at a high level Thursday. Probably none of them needed it more than Trey Kaufman, Wren. Uh, he's had an up and down season, uh, and and you know a big reason for that is you know you're playing beside Zach Eady, which which often means that uh, uh, you're in a position yeah. where you a lot of it is expected of you because you're getting your guys double teaming Eady, but uh, had a season high 15 points I think it was, uh, but was also really active in rebounding and passing the ball quite frankly, uh, so it was really nice to see him have his one, his best game of the season. Uh, Miles Colvin had a career high 11 points. You know, Miles uh, is not unlike any other freshman in college basketball, Bob, and, and that is when he is <laughs> when, when he's getting it done on the defensive end, then he gets to stay in the game and play a lot of minutes. Offensively, he's mm-hmm. a very skilled player. There's no concern with his offensive game. There's no concern at all. The concern, again, as it is with every freshman, is can you hold up your end of the bargain on the defensive end? 
Some games this year, Miles has been able to do that. Other games, he has not. For instance, against Arizona, he only played three minutes because when he did go into the game, he immediately had a defensive breakdown. And when you're playing the number one team in the country, you just, you can't do it. You just can't have it. Mm, mm-hmm. Now, against Jacksonville Thursday, when he had his chance, he came into the game, he was much better defensively. So he gets to stay on the floor. And what does he do? He has a season-high 11 points. Um, so that's the, you know, that's the thing with him. And, and Cam Heidi, who's the other freshman on this team, uh, they're basically kind of in the same boat. When they sub into the game, uh, it's it's a matter of are you helping us on the defensive end? And if you are, then you will stay in the game. Right. And if not, then, you, then you'll go have a seat beside Coach Painter. Uh, and then the other guy you said was Lance Jones. Uh, just another great performance out of him. Double-figure scoring again for Lance. Uh, man, what a, what a great find he was in the transfer portal. Uh, you know, he was a guy when he was signed out of the transfer portal – uh, he did not make a lot of waves. You know, a lot of folks didn't know much about him. Uh, he was not a headliner, right. not a not a big name guy. But man, has he been the perfect fit for this team in every every facet? Uh, not only can he score the ball, but he's a tenacious defender, and he's a great teammate. And he just he loves being at Purdue. He talked about that in the post game press conference Thursday night about just how much he loves being at Purdue and what this opportunity means for him. So uh, he's just a perfect fit all the way around and. I, I, I tell you, Bob, when those three guys that you just talked about there, when those three guys have it all going on the same night, mm-hmm. and then, then you add in Braden Smith, Fletcher Lawyer, and Zach Eady, uh, <laughs> man, I, I, I'm not mm-hmm. sure how Purdue. I don't know how sure. I'm pardon me. I don't, I'm not sure how Purdue loses a game uh, if all of those guys are kicking cooking on the same night because that that's an awful lot of talent right there. Absolutely. Hey, uh, you okay to hang on and uh, talk a little bit more, talk about the upcoming games? Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll come back, talk more Purdue basketball with the voice of the Purdue Boilermakers, Rob Blackman, after this scoreboard update on Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. Last one of the night, here's what's coming up. On your sports Christmas Eve Sunday, we'll begin with the Colts in Atlanta facing the Falcons. Atlanta has moved to two-and-a-half-point favorites, and there's a reason behind that. Michael Pittman downgraded to being out, back to concussion-like symptoms. He did travel to Atlanta, got off the plane, concussion symptoms returned. He cleared the protocol then went back in. Zach Moss, Colts running back, also downgraded to being out. He originally was questionable with a forearm problem. He won't play, which means Jonathan Taylor, who expects to play, could have a big, big role coming off thumb surgery. Last played November 26th against Tampa. The backup running backs, same as last week against Pittsburgh, Trey Sermon, and Tyler Goodson. Right tackle Braden Smith also will be out. Bengals lost to the Steelers tonight, 34-11. Both the Steelers and Bengals are 8-7. Playoff picture for the Colts. They are right in that wild card window. We'll see what happens. Elsewhere in the NFL tomorrow, Seahawks, Titans, and Tennessee at 1. Same time for the Lions and the Vikings. The Commanders visit the Jets. Packers take on the Panthers. The Browns and Joe Flacco's renaissance face the Texans. 4.05 start for the Jaguars and the Bucks. Cardinals are at the Bears in Chicago at 4.25. Cowboys, Dolphins in Miami at 4.25 as well. Sunday night football features the Broncos and the Patriots, Sean Payton, Bill Belichick. Hope you all have a fabulous Christmas, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. We'll talk to you next week right here on Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. 
Brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Purdue, 167 winners over Jacksonville. Uh, back in Big Ten action coming up soon. Rob, it's kind of interesting now. You get through the holidays and you get back and start banging away in the Big Ten. And uh, it's just uh, that time of year. And uh, certainly, uh, I think they are uh, in a great position. Great position to go out and uh, make some of the things happen um, in, in this upcoming uh, upcoming conference portion of their schedule. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, Purdue will come back and play on the 29th at home against Eastern Kentucky, and then that'll right. be it for the, for the non-conference. Then it's then it's 18 straight conference games uh, for the regular season. Um, I would tell you, Bob. I think just kind of looking the way things have 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 shook out here in this in this Big Ten uh, kind of start to the season, if you would, I would say these first three games right out of the gate for Purdue probably ultimately decide whether or not Purdue is going to run away and hide with this Big Ten championship this year or if they're going to be challenged. Uh, And I say that because that first game right out of the gate is January the 2nd at Maryland. Uh, And and Mm -hmm. I understand Maryland hasn't been great this year, but I would remind the fans there was only only one team in our league that did not lose a home game last year, and that was Maryland. They are very tough to beat at home. They beat Purdue. Uh, in College Park last year, did they did not? They only again the only team in our league that did not lose a home game last year. Right. So that will be a very difficult game. Then you have Illinois at home, who's the only other Big Ten team currently ranked in the top fifteen in the country. They're fourteenth, so that will not be an easy game. Uh, it's a game where you don't you'll you'll have a sold out crowd at Mackey Arena, but you will not have the students. So there's always a little different vibe when mm. you don't have the students. Mm-hmm. No student mm-hmm. there. And then that third game of the three that I'm mentioning is at Nebraska. Which again, I know Nebraska is having a—they're having a good season, certainly by their standards. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, Purdue has never—and I mean never—played well at Pinnacle Bank Arena in Lincoln. Uh, now Purdue's won some games there, but they have always had a very difficult time in that building. Purdue's lost a lot of games actually in Pinnacle Bank Arena. Um, so those three games, right there out of the gate, at Maryland, home with Illinois, at Nebraska—I would tell you, if Purdue comes out of that unscathed, three and zero there's probably a good chance Purdue's going to just run roughshod over the rest of the league. Now, if Purdue stumbles in one of those three or two or heaven heaven forbid all three of them, then we might have ourselves a Big Ten race uh, here. But I I think it's those first three games that are really going to set the stage for for not only Purdue, but really the rest of the league in a lot of ways about the way this this regular season might go here down the stretch. You know as well as I, it's hard to win in conference. That's, uh, you know, teams spend the entire summer reviewing tape, working on you in workouts. It's their sole purpose uh, for existence is to win conference games. That's why you're exactly right. Uh, None of this schedule will be easy because it's conference play. And it's, uh, it's, as you said, not only are it guys that are working on you all summer, it's coaching staffs that have seen you multiple times and multiple years, and they mm-hmm. have old, old scouting reports. As you well know, uh, they have old scouting reports and filing cabinets that they're going to pull out. And they're going to, you know, Maryland's going to look at that scouting report from last year because they did a great job against Zach Eady, one of the few teams that really played him well. They're going to look at that scouting report, and they're going to try to, they're going to, try to replicate that as well they should. Uh, Nebraska, another team that has always, as I said, played us tough at Pinnacle Bank Arena, have not played Purdue well at home, but they've always played Purdue well in Lincoln. You know that Fred Hoiberg's picking out the old scouting reports from, from that game mm-hmm. last year. 
because that was a game Purdue won, but won very late and had to had to win it late in the game. So yeah, there, you're, we talk about this all the time. There is no one, no one that scouts you better than your conference opponents. They know every single play you're going to run offensively. They know every right. single wrinkle you're going to have on inbounds plays. They know they know they know all of it, and so that's what makes it so tough to win in conference. He's Rob Blackman, the voice of the Purdue Boilermakers. Boilers win on Thursday. Uh, play on the 29th back in Mackey. Great, great holiday, Rob. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, again, have a very Merry Christmas. Bob, thank you. Merry Christmas to you. We'll talk again uh, next week. Welcome back, everyone. This is Bob Lovell, and this is Indiana Sports Talk. Brendan King, great job tonight. A wonderful job. So you're driving by Longs to pick up donuts and then headed to Chicago. You will uh, drive safely, I hope, and um, get back, get a chance to be with the family. It's good for you and the family for thanks for uh, Christmas. It'll be good stuff. Yeah, we always do Christmas Eve on my dad's side. I think there will be a Santa appearance for the kids. And uh, <laughs> and then Christmas we'll do on my mom's side with uh, with her dad. Well, you can imagine um, with my voice, uh, I've had various uh, members of our family call and say, hey, will you call and right. pretend like you're Santa Claus? <laughs> yeah, I've done it. I've done it for the nieces well, and nephews. And, you know, um, I didn't do it. I didn't do it for Jack when he was a kid because I, I figured he'd understand it. So uh, but I've no, I've done it. It's always it's always fun. And then, you know, as you know, I don't. Listen, you know, I my, my family. I'm the only one left in mine, and so uh, I, I we spend most of our time. We'll be at our daughters and son-in-laws on Sunday. So, um, but it's it's fun and Christmas. Um, you know, it's you know good for the show too. It, it's great. We encourage everybody be safe. It's if you're around, if you're out now, please be safe because it dense fog warning out there and it's it's nutty mm-hmm. and you need to be aware of that driving home so be careful because it's it's not good so any any christmas routines any christmas traditions that we're not aware of from the king family you're asking yeah yeah uh no i wouldn't say any necessary traditions but it's you know it's it's always been fun that um my, my dad's side of the family there are three different last names there's the kings and right. there's the quinlans and there's the hanrahans and uh the between those three a member of each family always hosts year by year so it goes around right, right. right in the uh in the transition and tomorrow is a king uh hosted party so we'll be at over at my uncle dan's and my aunt jan's and uh looking forward to that very much that's good. I just think back when I was a kid, uh, we didn't have, you know, the best, what's the best Christmas present you remember getting? Oh, geez. I mean, probably a new pair of ice skates, honestly. There you go. Yeah. How about mine was an autographed copy of Stan Musial's biography. Uh, that, that was the, your story about your dad. At, he waited yeah, in line for hours. Yeah, my dad in line for like three hours. That's yeah, unreal. absolutely. That's unreal. <laughs> that, well, that was my father. That's <laughs> hey, I, I know. I uh, well, I know. I disappointed my parents. Now I turned out uh, because they worked so hard <laughs> to try to raise. Uh, well, you know, with my brother, they raised a superstar. But with, with me, you know, sometimes those things skip <laughs> in terms of G- uh, DNA. But um, I want to welcome, I mean, welcome. I wish everyone a very, very Merry Christmas as we uh, wrap up 
uh, Christmas number 30 for Indiana Sports Talk. And don't forget to join us next weekend. We've got a lot of basketball to talk about. For Brendan King and Brad Huber, great job, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you and your families. Thanks so much to our great stations around the state bringing the show every Friday and Saturday night. Thanks to all of you. For 30 years, you made us the most listened to sports talk show in the state's history. It is the history-making, legendary Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.